A queen in the kitchen is dedicated to all of the nonnas and grandmothers out there. Italian nonnas especially are a representation of the Madonna in the everyday life. We venerate them not just on Sundays, but every day. Ale Gambini has dedicated her life's work to her grandmother as she stood in the kitchen watching over a pot and learning how to cook. As do we all with every grandmother and my own nonna, Nonna Francesca, I dedicate my rediscovery of my Italian heritage to her life. As a side note here, and with everything in modern day, we hit a little snafu with our technology, so be patient. There's a little bit of a of a lapse in the recording within this episode. We do come back and we do answer all of the questions. I always appreciate my audience. So anytime that you are interested in sharing any thoughts or details, please do. And please have a listen to Ale Gambini as she talks about her love for being an ambassador of Italian brands, especially Matilde Vincenzi Ladyfinger brand right now. Also, there is an upcoming event that I would love for all of us to partake in on November 28th. It'll be available, the connection on on Ale Gambini's social media and the social media for this podcast. It is a marathon on making tiramisu and it will be a limoncello type tiramisu. And I invite you to listen and ciao for now. Important about... Oh, did I lose you completely? Oh. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Rediscovering Italian America. Today I have on Ale Gambini, chef, cookbook author, supporter, chocolate sommelier, proprietor, Italian, passionate person, anything and everything that you could use to describe her today. Please, Ale, introduce yourself to my Northeast Ohio Italian-Americans. First of all, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here talking about uh, Italy, Italian culture, and especially Italian food. Uh, my name is Ale Gambini, and I loved the way you pronounce my name. Ale is a short for Alessandra. And I was born and raised in beautiful Milano. Uh, then I moved uh, to the United States 12 years ago, following my husband, so my love. <laughs> and um, I've always been passionate about uh, food and cooking. I learned to cook from my grandmother, Nonna Fernanda. I used to watch her in a tiny kitchen in Milano cooking, and uh, she, she passed the love through me. <laughs> and I hope I'm... Uh, uh, doing a good job uh, with all she taught uh, me and uh, yes I'm um, first and foremost an Italian food ambassador uh, because my main goal is to protect and promote uh, the authentic Italian food the real Italian food the real made in Italy I'm also a cookbook author of two published cookbooks, a cooking instructor, and lately I became a chocolate sommelier and a certified tea master. Yeah, that you've had so much been going on right now on your social media that answers a lot of questions that I've seen. Um, at the end of this, I will get the listeners connected with you where they can find your social media and your cookbook. So we'll put that on the back burner for right now, a cooking term for there. Um, you and I have six degrees of separation. Um, my grandfather is from Sessoclende, which is about 30 minutes outside of Milan. Um, Milanese cooking is very rich and deep, but also Italian cooking is very emotional. There's so much that goes with it, so much memory that goes with it as well. What brings you back to your Milanese roots to present these dishes to the American population? I'm one of the few real Milanese <laughs> left in Milano. So it's an honor to me to spread this culture. Mm. Uh, Milano and the Milanese cuisine in general are not very known because still people, maybe they go to Milano for work, but they don't say, okay, I'm gonna take a trip to Milano just for leisure. And they should because it's such a beautiful city, rich of history, and the food is very interesting. Uh, for me, like, 
like I grew up with the risotto alla milanese, with uh, me- meatballs that we call Mondeghiglia, specific kind of uh, meatballs, uh, panettone. So our cuisine is very rich. And um, that's why I dedicated my first cookbook, A Queen in the Kitchen, to the Milanese cuisine, especially to my nonna's recipes, because I wanted to uh, show a little bit of the Northern Italian cuisine that it's still not very known, but uh, I believe everybody would love. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with you on that because Italian-American cooking, so many people think it is um, the term cucina povera, so the poor person's kitchen yeah. where you make whatever you have. But a lot of that comes from the Southern Italian cooking, uh, you know, the peasants, the poverty that came here to the United States. Uh, and then also we have, um, um, a hodgepodge of what Italian cooking is, but we've lost what actually what the true regional cooking is. I totally agree with your with your comment there. Um, you've mentioned Nonna uh, Fernanda, correct? My Nonna Francesca would have us in the kitchen as well, the same way. She uh, has the name Francesca because she was born on St. Francis of Assisi's feast day. Um, she would have us in the kitchen. We would stand over the pot, smell what was coming out of it. She's like, taste this, taste this. Italian, uh, like true Italian cooks, it's not really how much that you add to it. It's it's that little bit of love and the little bit of prayer that you put yes. into it. But And then it's, it's much deeper. A lot of emotions and memories that go into it. Um, an Italian nonna is a, a resolute presence in the Italian and Italian-American families, she's almost adored on the same level as the Madonna herself. Um, how has your nonna, nonna Fernanda, influenced your ethos? So your theme and what you want to do with presenting cooking to the American people and how has her love emanated through your blog, your cookbooks and even your YouTube channel as well? Well, she has been my role model. I, as I always say, she was, uh, unfortunately, she passed two years ago. She was, uh, has been and always will be my muse, um, not only in the kitchen, in life. I learned from her everything, uh, the way of being a better person, first of all, and then also to be a good cook, uh, which makes me very happy. And um, yeah, she was like amazing, unbelievable. Um, just a few days before dying, she told me, um, you know, I'm happy. I had everything in my life. I can't ask for more. So I'm happy if it's my time to go. I'm happy to go. And she was 92, not 93, but uh, still uh, the way she, she really enjoyed every single moment of her life and difficulties because like, uh, she had a lot she's been through like the second world war and she's been through fascism she's been through a lot but still she embraced life the way everybody should so she's my everything always will be i started the blog thinking of her the blog was uh, at the beginning called bread love and dreams and then i switched to a queen in the kitchen because actually she looked like <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. So she, the resemblance uh, was very, <laughs> very accurate. So the real queen in the kitchen is her. Some people, they call me, oh, hey, queen, queen. No, I'm not the queen. She was the queen and she still is and always will be. And also the my first cookbook is dedicated to her, to everything she taught me. And um, she, I remember telling her about this proze- project and she was was uh, writing all the recipes every day and send it to me so it's so precious I have these recipes still written on simple paper Mm -hmm. and uh, they are something like priceless I I can tell they are um, a family momentum that you can almost feel her love and her presence through to this day I I completely understand how you feel with that uh uh, you know before my grandmother died um she uh, gave me a hug and I remember uh the hug she gave me was almost like all of the women that came before her hugging through her soul and saying carry on in the same manner 
uh, there's just something about Italian nonnas that you, yes. it, you, you can't it, even explain. No. It's like a no. legacy they pass mm. through very naturally. And so something of her is inside of me and I'm going to pass through my daughter. She's going to pass through some, it's something, you know, yes, you can even explain with words. Um, touching on that, um, did she, because I like to touch a little bit on history too. Uh, did she ever tell you any stories about the difficulties during World War II uh, and cooking in Milan, especially with Milan being um, the center of a lot of conflict? I'm just curious if you know anything off the top of your head. Well, she tried to avoid any drama, any bad news uh, since we were like adults. So she kind of uh, uh, talked to me about what really happened during the, the World War II, just when I was an adult. She always tried to uh, make it everything nice, everything happy. She didn't want to have our uh, uh, like kids uh, sad. So she was her purpose for her life. As I told you, even before she she died, she had a big smile on her face, and she does is was kind of say, "I'm gonna go, but you." that are gonna stay here, be happy, be enjoy uh, the rest of your life. So it was unbelievable. Uh, I think that's much of that generation. It's like, a, you know, I had to experience this in order for you to have happiness. So why, therefore yes. you don't need to be sad exactly. uh, to understand. Yes. Um, it's it's just something special that I've talked to anyone who's experienced World War II. They, they worked, in such a different way to make our generation better yes absolutely yes yeah. that's what 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 she did and um like uh, not only her uh, like i knew many of her friends especially women they were so strong they went they you know they most of them they lost uh, their husbands they were like a, a widow with three kids and uh, the poor what do i do was, uh, you, exactly you, exactly yeah, and you put they, on your boots and you get yes, yeah. exactly and they they raised a family single yeah. mothers and was unbelievable what she was telling me later on was also she lost like a couple of uh, brothers because they they got killed during the, the war so it was different. Everything was different. Uh, so she tried to make a better future for us. To make, uh, to, isn't that what we should do? We make, we take what we learn in our generation in order to make the next generation better. The, the, yes. per, the true meaning behind of an ethical person. Yes. Yes. But I don't think that like uh, uh, there are, the women are that's strong like the women from the world war i think they were like uh i don't know rocks solid rocks oh, I, oh. they were like uh yeah everything <laughs> I, I, I think in general i think that's why i even put it that way we we almost adore the women of that generation in the yes. same manner that we adore madonna uh yes it's it, the veneration because they're it, it's very hard to imagine our generation in that manner. Yes. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I'm like uh, uh, older than you, but still I have the same feeling. I'm not that strong. I'm not like that, that woman. I don't have this... Uh, strong characters yeah. because yeah. I, I, I've not been through all these difficulties. So... Uh, who are we to uh, also I've had somebody say this who are we to uh, to say that about our own strength because we don't know how we could respond in with our own strength because we're not in that situation exactly we all probably could respond in the same manner but you know it, it still goes back to we can't put uh, that adoration into words of that generation um, that is something that I, I love focusing just a little bit on that if there's any sort of connection because the, we need to know our history as well going yeah. forward. Um, but moving on to your book, I find it a very interesting title, No Ketchup on Spaghetti. Um, it sounds like an interesting title for your new book, but are, are people, yes, right there, uh, are people actually putting ketchup on spaghetti? Uh, you know, I, I'm from Northeast Ohio. We've got Pittsburgh right around the corner where Heinz ketchup is Ooh. made. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, you know, I, I can't imagine that. 
We're Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people do put the ketchup on spaghetti and they think that that is a tomato sauce. So to me, the main problem is, uh, um, especially here, people are not very educated to the taste. Uh, they eat because the, the, the body needs some, uh, <laughs> some food, some calories to burn throughout the day. But like for us Italian, eating is a pleasure. So everything should be, you know, savored at the best, uh, the best moment of the day with the best quality ingredients. And that's my big, big battle uh, about the Italian sounding, which is destroying uh, uh, Italian Italian economy because like a fake Italian food is uh, is selling uh, so much compared to what a real Italian food is selling and uh, usually Italian sounding products are not very healthy. Um, one thing uh, I grew up with the jarred spaghetti sauce. Um, I'll be honest with you, the big brand okay. here in the United States. I'm just going to be honest. That's how my mother was because I'm the second of five children. It was it was mm. survival of the fittest in my family, more yes. or less. My yes. parents just tried to get us from A to B. We all turned out fine in the end, um, just uh, to touch base. But um, there is just something about the purity of actually either A, making your own spaghetti sauce, or B, buying something that is purely made from a traditional company that specializes in it. When you get into a lot of these fancy brands that you'll find on the shelf that are easily bought and are convenient, you lose what is true, what it actually is supposed to be. Yes. Uh, so I, I understand with that back there. Um, but I also have to ask a question, and I know you've been asked this before. I never grew up calling spaghetti sauce gravy. What is the absurdity behind this? I know it's something from New York, what's the gravy? I'm like, gravy is what you put on your potatoes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, what is your thoughts on calling spaghetti sauce gravy? I have no clue, actually. <laughs> uh, I totally understand calling sauce, even marinara sauce, which is not Italian because in Italy we have the marinara pizza, but like we don't have marinara sauce, but it still is uh, like a tomato sauce. But gravy is something I don't really know. And I've been uh, like, I, I've been kind of arguing with some uh, uh, Italian-American from the East Coast telling me, no, no, that's gravy. That's uh, what we do. And that's how we call it, which is fine. But in Italy, we don't do it. <laughs> in Italy, it's just a sugo di pomodoro, tomato yeah, yeah, sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it, it, I just don't understand. And I'm like, people like, do you want gravy on that? I'm like, no, I'm like gravy goes on potatoes. <laughs> yes, during Thanksgiving, the first time I heard about gravy was like when I was at the Thanksgiving dinner with yeah. friends, American friends, and they uh, put like uh, gravy on mashed potatoes. And I say, oh, that's fine. That's good. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I should uh, search for uh, where uh, gravy uh, comes from. <laughs> gravy or sauce. And uh, now uh, it's going to be a never ending debate. <laughs> oh, it will. Because East Coast Italian Americans are just stuck on that and you can't yes. say yes or no to it. <laughs> Me being right in the middle, I'm like, yeah, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> So um, in your book, um, what are some of the recipes that you have focused on to be the theme? Um, uh, there is like the book is, uh, I would like to call it a book, the second one of ketchup on spaghetti, because there is a recipe book, but the majority the Okay, so you were talking about, um, before I had to adjust again on internet, you know, God bless the internet and everything. So, you know, patience is a virtue, I think, with, uh, with anything that we have now. So the book itself, you were talking about recipes. Uh, continue on where, where you uh, left off. So the book is, uh, I like to call my book, Nocavice Pon Spaghetti, a book, more than a cookbook, because yes, it has a section with recipes, but the majority of the book is dedicated to the ingredients, the importance of the ingredients when you are cooking Italian, because 
as you may know, Italian cuisine is, is simple, is healthy, uh, less is more, so you don't have to have so many ingredients for make a good dish. But in, in the recipe section, I have included all the recipes I've taught during the years, uh, during my cooking classes, and they are very simple. There is a... Um, a section dedicated to the bread because I love to bake bread and uh, the primi, secondi, uh, antipasti, contorni and another of my favorite <laughs> part of this book are the desserts. I have a sweet tooth, I have to confess. So I'm very happy to sharing also my very uh, own tiramisu, which is <laughs> my favorite dessert on earth. So very simple recipes, everybody can do at home. The important is to uh, source the best quality ingredients. Most, you touch on a point there, sourcing the best quality of ingredients, but also um, something that I see when um, Americans go abroad to Italy, they will not get what is actually from the region or they'll get a product that is out of season. What is the importance of getting products in season to you? Oh, it's very important. Uh, um, every time I have a, a class about a cooking class, I start uh, saying uh, you should buy as much as you can, organic food, local food. Uh, in Italy, we call it chilometro uh, zero. So it means that like uh, the farmers near, near you has brought you the best produce. It's very important, mainly for produces, fresh produces and um, also eggs. They have to be really, really fresh. Uh, it's important because like food is the medicine, is the best medicine for your... If you put inside bad stuff, something bad that is going to happen. Unfortunately, here on the shelf of the uh, supermarkets, especially the big chain, I have to say in LA, it's quite different because we have more... more I think you have the population supporting. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. You're totally right. But like, I feel that uh, uh, generally speaking in the US, uh, a lot of the products you can buy on any supermarkets uh, you should be aware of. And as I always say, read the label. Uh, for example, when you buy even a box of pasta and you start to read and reach with this, 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 this many ingredients, you don't need it because pasta is just made with semolina flour and water. That's it. If you, if there are listed 10 ingredients, it means there are chemical ingredients or something mm -hmm. our body doesn't need. So read the label. This is very, very important. 100% agree with you. Um, chemically processed food is one of the leading causes of digestive disorders in the United yeah. States. And I will chime in as a pharmacist. I see this day in and day out of people eating chemically processed foods and they wonder why they're in the situation that they are in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hands down yeah. And diabetes is another, the level of diabetes, even in young people. Yes. yes. You know, because sugar is everywhere. Sugar is in bread. Sugar is where it shouldn't be. Yeah. So yes, we, we should yeah. do something for that. Um, I have to touch base before I enlighten the listeners on where to find your cookbooks and your social media, um, your love for tiramisu or the pick-me-up. Uh, touch a little bit on that. Sure. So yes, I love tiramisu in every, the classic one. Uh, I do also a uh, revisitation of the classic one. I love it. <laughs> and that's why I became a, a founding member of the Tiramisu Academy California, uh, which is an um, organization that uh, depends on the Tiramisu Academy Italia. Uh, there are now one in Brazil, one in uh, United States, uh, one in Russia across the world, because tiramisu is uh, used as a symbol of uh, the real made in Italy, the good made in Italy. Uh, so it's not just about tiramisu, it's about good Italian food. Um, I'm also became a um, brand ambassador for uh, Matilde Vicenzi, which is the leading brand, Italian leading brand of uh, Lady Fingers. So you cannot do a good, make a good uh, tiramisu without uh, good quality Lady Fingers. So that's what we are doing together. We are partnering uh, to do demos and cooking classes and events to explain to people that if you start uh, your cooking with the best quality ingredients, your dish is gonna turn good, 
for your palate and good for your health. So this is very important. We also are going to have uh, um, an event uh, November 28th for mm-hmm. all the <laughs> people in the US at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So it's going to be different, uh, but like uh, that will be uh, 12 p.m. here in Ohio Fantastic. or Eastern Standard Time. Yes, we're going to have a cook-along with me, uh, Cynthia uh, McLeod-Gulman and um, uh, Christina Conte, which are uh, two very well-known uh, food and travel bloggers and also members of the Tiramisu Academy. And uh, there is a list of the ingredients if you go on uh, tiramisuacademy.org. Uh, it's called uh, Global Marathon Tiramisu. You're going to have a list of the ingredients and we're going to cook along together. So if you want so to make November, a November 28th. Yes. Okay. And they 9 can find AM that here. information <laughs> on, on which website again? I'm gonna post on my social media. Okay. Also, excellent. but mainly you're gonna find on the tiramisuacademy.org. And the event is called the Global Marathon, Global Tiramisu Marathon. From all over the world, we are gonna cook together, but especially from the US. We're going to have this cook along. So with a list of ingredients and we're going to prepare all together a limoncello tiramisu. Ooh, <laughs> oh, 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 I have to check whether I'm cooking them because I had I had made a limoncello tiramisu for my husband and my zabayone. I, oh, I, I did not make it correctly and it uh, did not hold. So I'm going to have to okay. look see if I am working that day or not. And, and if I'm not, I'm going to have to chime in to see. Absolutely. It's going to be a get together. It's free. You just need to uh, like um, sign up and you're going to get the the code uh, to join the Zoom link. But then we're going to talk about Italian food. If you have any question you want to ask to me, to Cynthia, to Christina, we are happy. Uh, One hour of uh, fun and deliciousness. Excellent. Excellent. I will make sure I put that on my social media too for the podcast. Thank you. Now, where can my listeners find your cookbook, your social media, and um, your blog? For as far as the blog, not anymore, because like I stopped blogging quite okay. a while ago. Okay. <laughs> How about your actually, YouTube, what is your YouTube channel called? Yes, it's called uh, Alessandra Gambini. So youtube.com slash Alessandra Gambini, my name and last name. Also, uh, you can find me on vimeo.com, a queen in the kitchen. Uh, On uh, Facebook is a queen in the kitchen. And uh, on um, Instagram is Ale Gambini DT. Excellent, excellent. As far yeah. as the, the book, uh, sorry yeah. to interrupting you, yeah. uh, you can find it worldwide. So on the major... Uh, um, Amazon, yes. the whole nine yards. Excellent. Target, Walmart, uh, it's everywhere around the world. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, moving on to my main theme of the rediscovery generation, as I had told you prior to us recording, um, I'm a part of this rediscovery generation where we're trying to rediscover what has been lost or assimilation. You, on the other hand, are an Italian native living in the United States in a completely different environment that my grandparents came or were living in growing up. What do you find are some of the differences between Italian-American cooking and Italian cooking? I always say that Italian-American cuisine and Italian cuisine are, are two different cuisines, even though one uh, is the, the, like the, the, the consequence of the other, but they are very different. Uh, American cuisine has been, uh, Italian-American cuisine has been adapted also to what our ancestors, uh, the immigrants uh, were able to find because not all the ingredients we use in Italy were uh, sourceable here in the US. So it has been like a change, uh, but I have to say sometimes, uh, it's a change that has been uh, uh, kind of uh, changing completely. Uh, the, the, so you wouldn't find something dish. here. Yeah, you wouldn't find something here in the United States, possibly in Italy. It's exactly. or it's completely different. Exactly. Yeah. And the taste is different, and the outcome is different. So I think they start to adjust also to the American taste because they have to live like with with a different like. 
I'm a guest, <laughs> so I have to say, I have to adjust <clears throat> to the, the country that is uh, having me. So I totally understand, but they have been through uh, different changes, uh, sometimes uh, not the best. To me, they, they, at the end, they added too many ingredients to a very simple recipe. So Italian food, the one in Italy, is super simple. Here in the US, Italian-American sometimes has too much sauce, too much, the, you know, too many meatballs on top. <laughs> the portions are gigantic. Oh, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Keep a, a tiny portion, we, we, um, uh, a tiny plate of pasta. We don't need all these uh, <laughs> carbs. I, I, had read, I had read that the portion size became a problem <laughs> because when Italian-Americans came to the United States, they were now able to afford more so therefore they oh. want to eat more yeah. or eat more meat uh, that's where yeah. the meatball idea came from yeah. on top yeah i think everything comes early it was like a, a naturally process a natural process yeah. for uh they were able to do when they moved here and i'm sure <clears throat> since like i moved to the us 12 12 years ago and when i moved here i was like I was like a fish out of the water and I can even imagine like our uh, grand grandfathers and ancestors moving from like maybe a tiny village from Sicily to New York. So you can even imagine, no, it's impossible. So I think they adjust. But at the end, my I, I give even in my book some uh, uh, tiny recommendation, like time little tips and tricks on how to eat like uh, Italian they do in Italy nowadays. So uh, it's just a suggestion. Since, since you touched on that, um, what would you like um, to suggest to our listeners um, a small finishing tip on an Italian recipe that uh, you would suggest is quite easy to try? Well, I would start, uh, as you said, with uh, something super simple. So our uh, sugo di pomodoro, the tomato sauce. We don't put the garlic. Uh, the Actually, in some part of Italy, yes, they put it, but like not so much garlic. So don't put too many ingredients. If you're doing like a, a sauce, maybe... A uh, clove of garlic is fine, and then a little bit of onion, and then some basil and some oregano, but no, don't put everything together. Don't overdo. Uh, as I say, more, uh, less is more, and uh, always choose uh, um, quality over quantity. That's my philosophy. So if I have to say how I do my tomato sauce, I just put a little bit of extra virgin olive oil and a little bit of a chopped onion uh, along with some chopped uh, carrots and uh, uh, celery. And then when it's kind of golden, the onion, I add a very nice uh, tomato uh, passata. Uh, I prefer the one in, in the glass <laughs> than in the can. And a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, a nice uh, leaf of uh, basil. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> My pasta is ready. I put a couple of tablespoons of uh, sauce on top. I you know and mix I, I mix yeah. very well i don't put just on top and uh, leave it there i <laughs> i blend it together a nice uh, a grated parmigiano reggiano on top and i'm happy <laughs> you, you make me hungry i'm going to have to uh... <laughs> i can feel the smell <laughs> dude that is well put you can feel the smell and you can i love how you describe that i'll have to keep that in mind for the, for the <laughs> next bit because there is something memory is experience memory is taste and flavor with that as well yes and this is what i've learned uh, a lot other than my nonna and my daily cooking uh, from the um, certification of being a chocolate sommelier that the nose makes the job for everything so the, the tongue is just a part because in reality the tongue can only have a tongue taste that are salty uh, sweet sour bitter and umami the rest comes from the nose. So I have a big nose and this helps me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, what, um, what is a simple suggestion you can propose to those um, rediscovery generations to dust off their nonna's recipes and make them less Americanized and a little more Italianized? For me, it's just about ingredients. You know, I think uh, like young uh, cooks, uh, I had the pleasure to have many of them during my classes. Um, they are very <clears throat> open-minded to try new thing and maybe to um, also kind of um, make it less uh, older, kind of review a recipe their own way, which is fine. A kind of uh, uh, melting pot of... Uh, uh, culture, which is totally fine, especially if you live like in a big city. Uh, what it's, it's very important to use the best quality ingredients. I'm sorry, I am not gonna uh, stop to say if you use uh, Parmesan cheese that is made out of uh, uh, wood, uh, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Uh, your health and uh, your <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, uh, we, all, we all know the little plastic cylinder with the green lid exactly yeah. that's how it tastes so i don't want to, <laughs> to say it's not like not there are great american cheese makers so i is not like uh, something i refer to one specifically but i can tell you that the real parmigiano reggiano the one made in uh, emilia romagna tastes differently like and it uh, is protected too um yes something i had read, yes. read and that's something that i i admire about your work is that you you honor protected ingredients from yes. the region yes actually in uh, europe it's a very important thing uh we have a, the european commission giving awarding uh, outstanding products with the pdo and pgi status uh, pdo is kind of the highest one and means uh, protected designation of origin and you're gonna find like on the book actually <laughs> i am is the first page one of the first page of the book is a yellow and a red a little mark you're gonna find on the package that it says yes this is italian made in italy made from like uh, italian ingredients uh, in italian makers and then we have the pgi which is the protecting geographical uh, indication uh, which is still um, a great uh, mark uh, maybe the some something uh, during the process is not made specifically in one city in one region but the quality is very high so this is another important thing i also give some advices on the book like search for the pdo and pgi marks and uh, always when you see like flags italian flags all over the package ooh, could be something tricky, could be something, could be an Italian sounding product. Also uh, make sure that is 100% uh, made in Italy or a product of Italy. Uh, sometimes flavor of Italy, uh, it, it, taste of Italy, it's not an Italian uh, product like at a, all. A, 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 the sparkles they put on a package. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Don't be fooled by, uh, by the look or the name. Because one, of, <laughs> one thing I see that in is uh, prosciutto, and uh, so many people think that they're buying true prosciutto mm -hmm. from the region, but it's actually not. It yeah. it comes from someplace else. It yeah. so that's one of the things I think the listeners can look for because prosciutto is so readily available in many yeah. areas that if you just ask for that, start there on a, a product that is readily available, then you can find these stamps. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You you have to ask, you have to keep your eyes uh, very open, uh, you have to read the label. Um, Unfortunately, there are products that are not uh, exported from Italy, so we're not going to have it over here. So we need to adjust with other products. That's yes. totally fine. But if you want a prosciutto di Parma or a prosciutto di Carpegna or a prosciutto San Daniele, they should give you the one you're asking for. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, what can you suggest to the rediscovery generation to reclaim their Italian heritage for the next generation. I think you and I talked about that in our emails leading up to this about what you're doing with your daughter. Yes, uh, it's very important. Um, I think uh, our kids, especially my husband and I, we are both Italian. So we were uh, kind of uh, tough on her about the language. 
because uh, at one point, especially when they start school, they don't want to talk in Italian. They can't Italian, or maybe they have like Korean parents. They don't want to speak Korean. They are kind of feel left left out if they they are not uh, like they don't speak a, a nice English, uh, or even like telling me my mom is Italian, my mom is uh, Japanese. I don't know. I I have this feeling that they are kind of not that proud when they are very little. But growing up, they're going to say to us a big, 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 humongous thank you to us for, uh, you know, for this great opportunity. Even having a double citizenship is a great advantage for her. Talking two languages perfect, correctly is uh, another great advantage for her. So, yes, we, we, we should keep keep uh, uh, going on with our traditions like for us for my family at least she is uh, seated at the table when we have lunch when we are when we have dinner she's not like uh, having uh, dinner watching tv i'm sorry <laughs> and uh, that's how it is and we're gonna like we go back to italy at least once a year so she is gonna uh, have fun with the nonnies yes i want her to to feel proud to be italian the right way uh, you know you can be you can um kind of uh, steal, even if it's not the, the right uh, verb, but like the best in, of every culture and make it yours. So she should uh, uh, be proud and she should keep uh, uh, going on that way. And, I'm, and I can tell the more she's growing, the more she's appreciating. So yes, uh, and it's Italian a uniqueness is... of her. It's a uniqueness of her experience as well. Um, you said like take the best of, it, of everything as well. Uh, yeah. to create her own uniqueness for the next yes. generation yes and yeah. she's gonna be more completed than me because i was born and raised there so i'm kind of 100 italian with a tiny uh, american part but like she's gonna be um a citizen of the world also she's very blessed because she lives in la so she's exposed to many cultures. she's gonna choose when she's gonna grow up maybe she's gonna wanna go and live in uh, asia i don't know where she wanna go or maybe go back to italy i don't know she's gonna be free but for sure she's gonna have a very open mind and that's very important uh, especially for a for a woman of the future we need more uh women like that um, I i'm happy that that she's here but she also has her italian roots mm -hmm. what are you up to next i know you've done so much leading up to this interview and then you have the marathon of cooking uh the tiramisu that is coming up on the 28th what else is on your plate well, I just finished a very, very <laughs> intense week because uh, here in LA and all the United States, we celebrated the World Week of Italian Cuisine that is going to end tomorrow. I've been a part uh, of uh, two events, uh, thanks to the General Consulate of Italy, uh, to the Academia Italiana della Cucina, to Italy LA, to the True Italian Taste Project. And so I had... Uh, um, chocolate tasting it fine italian chocolate tasting and then i had a cooking demo about a thanksgiving tiramisu that i'm gonna be happy to share with you at the end of the podcast and uh, yes we're gonna have the marathon and then many other events with vicenzi to promote to promote the real made in italy i'm also collaborating with the i love italian food which is a huge um project about uh, uh, real made in italy we did a project about the uh, real prosecco doc <laughs> because prosecco has been through a very bad uh, situation lately uh, because many um, like non-italian prosecco are claiming that they are uh, the real prosecco so there is also <laughs> a lot of misunderstanding and confusion about what prosecco is prosecco is just an italian uh, uh, wine period <laughs> so i'm collaborating with them and hopefully i'm gonna start writing the third book because writing is uh i don't know i love it i, I put everything i, I have uh, everything i have experienced uh in words and that uh, makes me happy and hopefully i'm gonna help people to understand better our food culture you have touched on a lot and um, I we're coming close to the end 
here <laughs> and you've mentioned Thanksgiving tiramisu and with Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday, please um, enlighten my palate because I'm now intrigued. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a tiramisu I experimented for Vicenzi and we're gonna uh, also post on social media. Actually, it's very simple. I just, this is uh, uh, for like uh, four to six people. So a, a little family. <laughs> if you need more, you have to double the ingredients. I only use uh, 16 ounces mascarpone cheese, the best quality, please. Then uh, uh, one teaspoon of um, cinnamon, uh, half, uh, one cup of pumpkin puree. Oh. Uh, yes, and four tablespoons of sugar all mixed together to make uh -huh. a nice uh, cream. Actually, you can add, uh, instead of only cinnamon, you can have a, like a, a teaspoon of uh, uh, pumpkin spice, if you like the flavor. And uh, then I dip the um, at least one package of uh, uh, lady fingers uh, into milk. You can oh. add also a touch uh, like uh, with a little bit of amaretto di saronno. Oh, I was forgetting. In the cream mixture, I, I also uh, pulverize some amaretti cookies. So about 10 amaretti oh, yeah. cookies pulverized into the cream. Uh, if you like a little bit chunkier, you can just, uh, uh, you know, you, you, them up. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. It depends how you like it. I like the crunch uh, taste. So uh, for the cream, uh, it put the amaretti into the cream and mix all together. Then do the first layer of uh, um, lady fingers dip into the milk one layer of cream another layer of uh, uh, lady fingers into the milk finish with the cream and then you can dust with the uh, cocoa powder or other cinnamon if you like it that's it uh, it tastes amazing there are no raw eggs so it's perfect for uh, uh, kids or people that have uh, like some uh, health issues i know uh, eating uh, yeah, uh, raw yeah. eggs could be you know <laughs> yeah, detrimental. Uh, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so otherwise you know when i do my tiramisu i traditional tiramisu i try first of all to have the the, the best quality i can find uh like at farmer's market or very organic cage free and also i um pasteurize them so no risk <laughs> of salmonella <laughs> okay i want to thank you for your time no um, I, I, I'm going to have to go to um, the grocery store, the one here, the Italian <laughs> grocery store is called Dio Guadis. Fantastico. Um, I'm going to have to go to, to go buy my lady fingers and, yes. uh, and amaretti. <laughs> yes, yes. I have those already though. I use them to oh. dip in my, in my coffee in the morning, Perfect. Um, but that just sounds delicious. Um, but I totally appreciate your time with you being in LA and us coordinating with everything. And I truly appreciate you being an ambassador to Italian food and teaching us and Americans and Italian Americans alike that there is a difference between quality. I think that's what the theme has been with this. Interview. Exactly. Quality, exactly. quality, quality. Yeah. No matter the cuisine, no matter where you are from, no matter your family recipes, use the best quality ingredients. That's the point. <laughs> and make it simple. There's no yes. need. Exactly. No need to be complicated. No need, unless you are an award winning chef or a Michelin star chef, which is you have to do something story. exactly yeah. it's a different yeah. story it's a different planet you have to uh to be creative and to experiment but for everyday cooking for your family cooking just the best quality ingredient and also a lot of passion because even um teaching your kids how to cook is is a is, is I think it goes back <laughs> to the theme of what your nonna Fernanda and my nonna Francesca did get the kids in the kitchen uh, because not everything's cooked by a microwave I'll put a I'll put a plain and simple that way yeah <laughs> that's true that's true oh <laughs> uh, you know I, we could talk for a very long time oh uh, yes I think we're both passionate people um please uh keep connected with us Anything that you're working with in the future, we would love to have you on again. And then if I find myself out in LA, I will have to come out because uh, my husband and I are um, 
um, big uh, supporters of Italy. Uh, we oh. visit many of them because we support <laughs> the purity of the products yes. that are uh, yes. confined. Yes. Um, so if not, I will find you in Milan and uh, you'll Absolutely. have to tell me, uh, you'll have to tell me how to get to Sessa Calende. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we, we can go together because actually yeah. it's a very nice uh, town near the lake. So I love the environment. I love, uh, I used to go there like just for uh, like a few hours because it's very, very close to Milano. The food is great because I think Sesto Calende is already in Piedmont region. So it's a part of the Piedmont region. I'm not sure if it's in Lombardy it's or right Piedmont. On, it's right on the edge. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but yeah. you can definitely... Um, feel the difference in cuisine i remember especially when you go to towards the lake in the piemont uh, uh, side uh, they have fantastic amazing maybe my favorite uh, cookies they have a uh, uh, margheritine di stresa on the oh. lago maggiore oh my yeah. god they are buttery cookies they melt in your mouth every time i go to lago maggiore i go to stresa <laughs> and i have the margheritine so <laughs> Yes. Passionate people make up this Italian American community. And I appreciate your passionate support for promoting product, uh, the culture, and your work out in LA. So, um, prossimo uh, tempo. Until next time, you, you know, ciao here from Ohio. Make your way out here sometime too, okay? Yes, yes, definitely. I've never been to Ohio and I want to actually. So yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I love to chat. Uh, I love to talk uh, what I'm passionate about. And um, I love also to meet new people like you that have like Italian and American heritage. So I like to, uh, to change uh, ideas and experience. So that's and rediscovering what is what is out there and what is new uh, to experience exactly. as well. That, that's exactly. the whole goal here. Yeah. So, um, piacere for our time today. Piacere uh, mio, grazie a tutti. <laughs> grazie, grazie, grazie mille, Ale, grazie.